Hey, one more thing before you go. We are in the time of darkness before the rising of the sixth sun has, that has been prophesied by numerous ancient wisdom keeper traditions across the planet. Did you know that there are sacred practices for communing with Mother Earth that can help you? I do it each and every day. Have you heard that there is ancient earth wisdom that will inspire you to walk in beauty, become a luminous warrior, and be on the frontier of a whole new humanity, Homo Luminous? We're going to talk about that. Stay tuned. My next guest is going to help us understand these prophecies, how they affect us, and how we can connect with Mother Earth. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. My guest in this episode is Carrie Hummingbird. She's a medicine woman, mother, and a mentor. She's the founder of Inner Medicine Training and a mystery school that shares potent ancient traditions from the Andes and the Himalayas for owning your wisdom and living your purpose. I wholeheartedly believe in living your purpose. She's the number one international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama. It's an international bestseller with over 190 weeks. And Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound, which describes the most direct path to self-realization. As the host of Soul Nectar Show on its podcast, Ms. Hummingbird inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with an authenticity, passion, and purpose that positively impacts others. I love that word purpose. As a healer and a mentor, she catalyzes mind shifts that transforms life challenges into the gifts of wisdom. Her newest book was released on Earth Day 2023, and it's called The Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here and share this message with your audience. You know, I'm looking forward to this fantastic opportunity for people to really get a better understanding of where Mother Earth is standing, because I know Mother Earth has been kind of mad lately. <laughs> we can talk a little <laughs> bit about that, um, <clears throat> and how we can help ourselves to kind of integrate us within a, a unique uh, perspective of wisdom that we can hopefully learn and ingrain within ourselves and help our lives move forward with that purpose. Yeah, I love it. And uh, yes, Mother Earth has been trying to communicate with us, right? And uh, a lot of people um, may have a lot of reasons why or fingers pointing at who did what, you know, who mm -hmm. did that pandemic? Who made that happen? Who did this? Who did that? As if you extrapolate it to the biggest picture, well, you know, what's the consciousness uh, underneath all of us to inspire us to take certain actions, you know, and exactly. have certain outcomes? So we all got put in a timeout in my book by Mother Earth for three years. <laughs> well, I never thought about that. Mother Nature put us in a timeout. <laughs> she did. She said, you better yeah. go to your room and think about what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah. And you can't do the who done it or, you know, that kind of a thing because, you know, <laughs> time for reflection. <coughs> I'm back. Um, I like to start at the beginning. So if you don't mind, can we learn a little bit about where you grew up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was born in Texas uh, to a mom who was from Midwest Texas, actually Kermit, an oil field town way out there in the, in the um, nowhere, 
out there in West Texas. And uh, she moved to the big city in Dallas and she met my natural father and um, got pregnant with me when she was told she'd never get pregnant. And so that was a surprise because the relationship she picked maybe wasn't the kind for having a child in. And uh, he was wild in the 60s and love parties and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that wasn't really conducive to raising a girl child or any child really. So she uh, she left him and um, moved in with another man who seemed way more promising. And as the story goes, in those days, I was born in 1969, so like 1970-ish, women couldn't really provide their own income for themselves oftentimes, and they needed to find a husband to provide for their child. And um, that placed us in a pretty dangerous situation for about four years with this person who was a violent drunk. And you didn't know that at work, but you sure found out at home. And so my early years are really uh, traumatic. And um, luckily my mom was very feisty and still is and didn't give up. And uh, she found husband number three, who ended up being my dad until he passed away to, in 2017 and was a beautiful example of a loving father, a beautiful father. But what I really got out of this experience was um, a deep investigation in the human psychology because um, I, I spent 20 years in psychotherapy on the couch trying to heal myself, trying to find the reason why I couldn't be happy, why I had broken relationships, why I was so angry, all of these things. And I didn't find the answers on the psychotherapy couch. I had to go beyond that. I had to take the, the leap of faith and uh, you know, in the take the great departure and let go of everything I thought I knew about myself in the world, um, let go of the medical model, let go of all the things I was told were supposed to heal me and find something else in the mystery. And that is what saved my life. And so I'm out here sharing with other people um, a mystery school teaching, you know, which is to uh, go into leave behind everything you thought you knew. We're in a big wake up call right now. So everybody's in the wake up call. And we're going to take the great departure. All the systems are crumbling down, all the things we thought we knew. And we're heading into the mystery. And so um, I'm really happy now since I, since I took that journey. I found out who I am. I got reoriented. I realized I was in upside down world. The world is now right side up. My feet are on the ground. I'm connected with Mother Earth. I'm plugged back into that mycelial network of the earth, uh, the mushroom network uh, of earth. If you know anything about mushrooms, they're, they're, they form a backbone of a communication across the whole planet through the roots of trees. And humans can plug into that too. And so I'm plugged into that now and I get all kinds of guidance through my body and through my um, my mind and my knowing and I let it guide me. And that's called intuition. <laughs> so I think a lot of people are opening up to that now. And I'm really excited about that. So that's that's basically my journey, you know. Super that's excited about sharing it. That's amazing, Joe. It's amazing. No, I, you know, I've kind of heard a little bit about that mushroom theory. I, I would like to know a little bit more about that. You know, we can talk about it as we go through. But I'm gonna have to make a note to go back to that because I'm really interested in in the concept of that. I I do understand it. You know, I do believe in the universe, and we're all connected to the Mother Earth. I'm, you know, we're connected to the trees and the plants and the bushes and the beard, birds and the bees. You know, and we have we have that connection. I sit on the back porch, and we have hummingbirds that come in, and we have bees that come in, and you know, we leave them alone, and they come through and they'll buzz in front of our face and say like thank you and move on and do their thing with all the flowers and and so forth because we respect them. We respect the, everything that's within here. We respect the the trees and the bushes. And I, I talk to my trees. <laughs> <laughs> I hug my trees and talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I think that uh, this is an amazing, you know, so you have an amazing journey getting to where you're at, especially evolving on the positive side of it, because there are so many that don't. I grew up with alcoholic parents, and so I understand some of your journey in regard to a dysfunctional family environment that doesn't always allow us to grow the way we should grow. And sometimes we don't always come out of that on a positive end. Um, and I, I think that your journey brought you to a good point in your life and um, allows you to help share that experience so that everybody out here, including myself, know that we're not alone. So thank you for taking that journey. When you, uh, when you grew up, did you have, I mean, I know where you're at right now and you've accomplished so many things, but did you, when you were, when you were growing up, did you go to university? Did you, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a writer and look at, I am. And you are. <laughs> I am. So, I mean, when I was in grade school, I think I wanted to be artistic. You know, I didn't really, I wanted to be a dancer at one point, you know, I thought I was going to be a ballet dancer. There was a lot of things I thought it was going to be um, definitely expressive. Um, I have sage casting, so I'm obviously out there a performer. I like to speak. I like to share. I like to tell stories. Um, I like to move and dance and sing. And um, so that's just kind of in my nature. And the more that I've healed, I've gotten back in touch with a lot of those gifts. And I sing now. I sing in um, healing songs for people and that touches their hearts. And there's this magical healing that takes place um, in the tradition of the jungle people that they do the song, the song healings. And so I do that now and I love it. The songs opened up in my heart and I sing. But when I was in college, I thought I was going to be a professional artist or a writer. And I am a writer, but I thought I was going to be a professional artist. I took art for the first time and I thought, I love this. This is great. I want to do this. And then my dad's like, um, you're going to study computer science because there's no way you're going to make a living at that. And I, my dad was very much in the computer stuff and he was a smart guy. He always wanted me to have something to fall back on. So for 20 years, I was in high tech and I, in Silicon Valley, and I was a very well sought after um, consultant in high tech for technical writing. And I, I, you know, always had contracts. If I said I was open, I had like a dozen contracts fall in my lap kind of thing, like oh. more work than I could possibly do. And I always did really well with that, but I didn't like it. You know, it wasn't like my passion. I wanted to do art. And so, um, yeah, I went to, I, 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 I took all this creative writing in, in college and, uh, I wanted to be, a um, there's a, there's a literary journalism is what it's called. Literary journalism is when you, uh, tell your story as an fictional way, but it's a true story but you tell it artistically and, and kind of flowery and use beautiful language and you use metaphors and you get poetic with it. And that's literary journalism. You're telling the story, but you're telling it in a story way. And I always wanted to do that. And I'm doing it now, except that some people don't think my stories are real, but they are because <laughs> they don't believe in spirituality. Right. Well, you know, that that's like the, the old, <laughs> the old, uh, the wise men that used to sit around the fire and they would, the storytellers and they would, tell the story there most of the time they were true that's how the the history got passed along but they like to yeah. tell them in that fashion um you know i i went back to university after i left the police department because i knew i couldn't work as a cop anymore and i did reinvent my life and i got a master's degree in interdisciplinary studies with a focus on digital media performance and art um just because we can relate to some things here yeah. in regard to that, uh, because that was my next, that was my second passion. Same, same thing. I mean, I, my passion was being a cop. I love doing it, but then, then I had to find new purpose. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go back to what I really wanted to do. 
which was from your heart. Yes, and it opened up the door to me. We created. You might you'll appreciate this. I, my capstone project thesis for my master's. We had to do a. Uh, I did a documentary film that utilized creative arts for healing, and it emphasized music and dance and drama and art, and how you could get closure with with that. You can use music to heal, you know, and and talked about how the World War II vets that they didn't know what PTSD was back way back then. They called it shell shock, but they'd play them music in the in the infirmary and age to calm everybody down. So when they were having episodes and things like that, and so beautiful that you're doing that. I think that, you know, music and dance are international languages. They're understood all across the globe, no matter what language that you that you hear, you always will resonate with music and dance. So that's amazing. It's a way to heal that is um, non-invasive as well, because when people go through traumas, it's not always the best thing to reinstigate the trauma by having them talk about it or go back through it. But if um, they come into a healing session, I do a shamanic healing sessions, what happens is that you can, they can just tell you the barest of information, not to tell you everything. And the healer, because we're open um, and we're empathic, we can feel and, and receive information without them telling us. Mm-hmm. And then we're just singing a song and we're using um, our tools, like maybe tobacco or feathers or a rattle or something like that to just move the energy. And now the person can just relax while the energy moves without having to go back into the trauma. And I think that's really important for people who have PTSD and gone to war or been a police officer mm-hmm. or things like that, because that's very triggering to have to talk about it, you know, but you can go in this other way and it clears energy about it. That's amazing. I think, it, it, and I, I have so many things running through my head, you know, well, realistically, you kind of, it's taken me a really long time to get over my PTSD when I think about it, because you, you, Sometimes you don't realize that you've got it until after you've left the environment. And then once you leave the environment, you understand you have PTSD. And, I, and for those of you that are listening and watching, you know, realistically, it, it post-traumatic stress disorder is exactly what it says. You could have gone through any kind of a traumatic situation, whether it be domestic or an outlier like war, or being a cop, being a firefighter, being a paramedic, being a doctor, a nurse, you know, anything like that that allows you or creates a traumatic incident within your life that sticks with you and then has an effect on you that won't allow you to move forward in a particular way. So what you're talking about releasing that negativity and allowing that to flow out of your system is beneficial, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And a key part of the healing in that is to reconnect the person with Mother Earth, actually, is to ground the person's body back in the planet. And heart math, for anybody that's scientific and wants like to geek out on the details of it, heart math explains how all this works when you align your heart with the Earth's um, resonance. What happens is that you come out of fight or flight or freeze and you come back into a regulated nervous system. And when you're in a regulated nervous system, you notice how exhausted you are from all of that fight or flight and the PTSD. And when you're in PTSD, you don't really understand that you're being aggressive or assertive or, you know, like you don't understand that you're, 
you're on, you're like wired. You're like a crack addict. Like you're super wired and walking around like that all the time, like agitated, you know, and, but you don't know it because you're in it. But when you regulate, when you down regulate your system back into normal, into grounded, into secure, safe body, safe, because the body's an animal, it gets scared. The body's safe. You know, now you see things way more clearly and you can slow down and notice things that you wouldn't able to notice before. And now you're out of that reaction brain, that reptilian brain that reacts to things and you're more in a measured space. And, you know, we can see examples all over the place, um, like the shooting that just happened in Kansas City, Missouri. The, the elderly man at his home that was afraid, he's in a dysregulated state, operating a firearm and took an unwarranted action on an innocent boy at his front door. You know, this is the kind of thing that happens when people are in fear and they don't rebalance their nervous systems back down to grounding with Mother Earth. And that's why that's so important to get out of that PTSD cycle so that you can open your heart and be safe and notice these things, you know, and then you you access your higher your higher brain, which is the frontal cortex. And when you access the frontal cortex, your higher brain reasoning comes in rather than your reptilian reaction. You know, so we have a lot less violence when people are grounded and resilient. That's an amazing, amazing description of, of how the process works and how we have control over it if you know, we choose and recognize that we have control over it and take the pathway to be able to do that. How did you, how did you get to, to where you're at within within this ancient wisdom and connecting with the earth. How'd you get there? 20 years of psychotherapy <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and taking pills, the uh, not feeling pills for 13 years that they said would fix it. And it did not. And I want to say for anybody taking those pills, like if you need them, you need them, right? I'm not saying don't take them. But what I noticed was that it put me behind a glass wall away mm -hmm. from my feelings. I wasn't able to access myself and I always felt really weird and untethered. And what happened was I had the mistaken idea that I wasn't feeling emotions anymore. But when I stopped taking them, I would have all these emotions. And so I go back on them because I'm having all these emotions when I go off them. And I am not supposed to have emotions in our culture because our culture is very emotion averse. Right. And, you know, and so I'm not supposed to feel my feelings. I'm not supposed to feel anger as a woman. I'm not supposed to feel, I'm not supposed to cry at work. I'm not supposed to have any feelings, you know, I'm supposed to be some robot. And I wasn't, I'm an empath. So I have a huge emotional capacity. So for me, I wasn't given the tools I needed to serve that. So what happened was I had physical consequences in my body. I, I had, um, I left my 20 year marriage and the first, within the first six months um, of settling and downregulating, I, I found out from my doctor that I had a Texas grapefruit size cyst on my ovary. And that was specifically from not expressing my anger over 20 years. It grew this huge cyst on my ovary and I had to be taken out. And ever since that, I was really mindful about if I'm angry, I'm going to roar like a lion or I'm going to stomp some tin cans or I'm going to like punch some pillows or I'm just going to express it, get that energy out of my body and be kind to myself. That's being kind to me to express my feelings. So a lot of this um, realization led me to teachers that showed me how to do that. And these teachers happen to be shamanic teachers because shamanism is really about 
getting in your body and being on the planet fully. You know, a lot of people have an idea about what that word means or what it means, and they have some pictures in their head. But what actually it means is being close to Mother Earth, like the indigenous people living very close to Mother Earth, really in nature, your body is part of your natural self, getting in harmony with your body and your natural self in the environment. And, and emotions are part of the human experience. So getting in touch with your emotions and your feelings and learning how to hold yourself and self-care by expressing your emotions, not necessarily to create more drama with somebody else. It's not about that. It's really about honoring the experience you're having and being there for yourself first, you know, and then coming to the relationship after you've gone through the emotional wave, you know, so we have to learn how to, I think as a culture, we really are not equipped to deal with our emotions right now. We don't have enough training on it. We don't have enough um, experience with it and we need more because taking a pill to make a stop doesn't really make a stop. It just stuffs it in your body and then you get, you know, a lot of people sick right now, right? Like they have cancer, they have all these diseases. That's emotion stuck in the body that's not been expressed. Yeah, I've, I've heard that before um, in regard to that, that everything that's held into us. In fact, my wife insisted for the longest time that a lot of my rheumatoid and the inflammation was all the repressed, you know, memories and the anger and the issues. And because, as you mentioned earlier, this society and culture doesn't allow us to uh, express our emotions the way that we really need to be expressing our emotions. It's, it's always stifled. And as a cop, it's absolutely stifled. You can't, you know, you can't show emotion. You can't show fear. You can't, you know, you can't show anger. You have to keep a very you know, robot, like you said, a robot-like state in order to handle situations or to, you know, handle people in certain situations and things like that. So it, I, I can say that, that once I learned to kind of let go, to validate what you're saying, when I kind of let go of a lot of that, I still have some work to do, but when I let go of a lot of that, obviously my, it was easier for me to start managing my disease from a more naturopathic and holistic approach compared to the nine medications that they had put me on. So let me get off those as well. So just to validate everything that you were saying from, yeah. from my perspective. You know, it's a big it, deal. It is, very much so. And it, you know, doing it that way, it is, as you had said, and, and, you know, living with, you know, I, I was lucky enough and grateful enough to have um, Native American friends that and uh, a Native American medicine man that um, really showed me uh, some positive aspects of connecting with Mother Nature and, you know, taking the time. He said, you know, take your shoes off, take your socks off, and go just stand in the grass. Feel it. It's you know, that simple. It, connect it. It's that simple. And it's, it is, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that because it allowed me a better understanding of connecting with that. And as I healed myself and healed everything I need to heal through my operations and everything, it gave me a foundation for really connecting with that in order to help heal. I'd go out on the back patio and sit and just meditate and listen to the birds and the bees and the, you know, the wind blowing through the trees and feel it and experience it and allow me to connect in such a way that, that it allowed me to heal faster. And it does. And, and I would say all of us enjoy peace, right? And, but the peace comes, the authentic peace comes through the ability to face your feelings and be with your feelings when they arise and be able to hold yourself through that and transmute the energy. That's where authentic peace comes from. I used to do the fake peace, you know, try to make the peace without going through the conflict. 
and stop everything and that doesn't work very well you get you get body problems you know you you get ptsd and other problems right so yeah we we need more better training Mm -hmm. we do we do well we're going to enlighten some people here so a little bit more about how to (laughs) how to be a warrior for yourself um so you have made some trips to how did you learn about the um ancient traditions from the andes and the himalayas how did you get to that point in your life Man, well, we and so, that? yeah, absolutely. So that was a synchronistic connection, you know. I mean, I had, I had made the decision to leave the paradigm, leave the marriage, leave the psychotherapy, put the drugs aside, and just venture off into the wild mystery and say, okay, whatever's here for me, show me the next step. And the next step was yoga, and then after that, the next step was an introductory shamanic class with a local teacher, and then. I went to this uh, firewalk event. I walked across fire with this uh, teacher, one of my teachers, who became my teacher for six years. And wow, oh my goodness, it was really opening for me. And it was really mind-blowing. Um, it really shattered a lot of my belief structures about fear and what was going to hurt me and what's not going to hurt me. And then I started studying with her. And at the same time as I was beginning my training with her, another friend of mine said, hey, I know you're really liking this shamanism stuff. I saw this thing on this website that's like a donation website. You might be interested. In. And it was this course um, with the four winds and Alberto Vialdo. And I, I looked at that course and I said, that's really interesting. I want to know more about energy medicine. I want to know more about Peruvian and Andean shamanism. I want to know more about how I can heal my body and my mind through energy medicine, through the light body. And so I, I entered to win it and I won it. And I started the course at the same time as I was studying with Heather Ashamara. So I did both programs simultaneously. And so I was studying Toltec wisdom from Mexico. And some people might know the Toltec wisdom through the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, My teacher was an apprentice of uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. And so I studied um, those teachings in depth um, beyond just the book. There's so much more than just that simple book to study Toltec wisdom. Um, And just those four agreements are hard enough by themselves to actually do. You know, don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Be impeccable with your word and do your best. Those are tough things to actually do. So um, I was practicing that at the same time I was um, studying the light body school and that the light body school is based in the four winds that, um, Alberto, um, teaches, um, is based in Andean shamanism. And so he have the, the Caro shamans as Q posture B-E-R-O for anybody who wants to look it up. He'd have the Caro there with their rainbow ponchos and they're such bright, loving, unconditionally loving people. It's amazing the love that they have in their hearts. They live high up in the Andes mountains. And that was my first exposure to actual indigenous people. And I was blown away by just how big their hearts were, how unconditionally loving they were, and how powerful their medicine was. Because I could feel in my body the healings that they would do. I could feel things moving. I could feel things shifting. There was one healing I had um, from one of the Carol shamans where I left the healing and this was in Joshua tree. And I was sitting outside just almost evaporating into Joshua tree itself, just in the desert, just disappearing, you know, and going, wow, what dimension am I on? You know, like, I don't even know who I am right now. It was so intense and beautiful and profound and you know that i really realized what happens when you get cleaned out 
of all of your dramas and all the stories you told your whole life and they get cleaned out of you. It's like, yeah, freedom, you know, and I was experiencing that. So I teach that medicine now. I mean, I teach, I, I have my own mentors, um, that watch the own family that watches over me mm. from the Carol, they support my work. And I now train people in, in doing that work too. Yeah. What an amazing opportunity to, to really get to know yourself and to know the universe and how we're all connected to that. I think that it is a, uh, you were given your universe, put you where you're supposed to be. So winning that was a really good thing. You know, what's really interesting is that you were talking about it is as simple as going outside with your bare feet. And it is, it is to connect with mother earth as simple as going outside with your bare feet and just sitting on the earth and going in nature and just saying a prayer, you know, that's enough. And (laughs) there's some magic that happens when you learn the indigenous way of calling on the four directions and asking for their support and building a relationship with the four directions, with the mountains, with the trees, with the rocks, mm-hmm. with the animals, with the plants, when you actually develop a relationship with the different elements of earth, it is a whole different experience to be an earthling. <laughs> like it oh, changes absolutely. things radically, right? Like yep. it's not even the same planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, it's interesting because when you bring that up, you see, it makes my heart smile. It, that's a weird saying, but it makes my heart smile. <laughs> you know, it it is. When you realize that, you know, when I go back every morning, my wife and I go out and we sit on the patio before she goes to work and before I start work. And, you know, even our dog, our dog's like, okay, it's time. It's time. I'm, come on, outside, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. And just close your eyes and listen and feel and and just look, see. And you can see everything. You can really get yourself in touch with Mother Nature, including the breeze, the wind, the 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 rain if it's raining. You know the the ground, the soil, the the patio that you're on. Because my every stone patio, so which is still part of Mother Earth. You know it 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 is an amazing feeling when you can do that every morning and start your day like that. And we end our day like that because we feel. After everything that we just gone through during the daytime, we reconnect. And it's a wonderful, absolutely wonderful thing. So I hope we can teach the people today to do that and encourage them to, to kind of at least take the first step to get it accomplished so they can feel the same way that we feel when we do that. Um, I know that you had, um, in some of the stuff that I'd gotten from Bonnie, um, you mentioned that we are in the time of darkness before the rising of the sixth sun as prophesized. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know we don't want to leave people hanging. <laughs> no, I mean, really, I mean, I know that you know, we're in a lot of turmoil right now. I know mm-hmm. uh, politically, society wise, um, mother nature wise, as I said earlier, I think mother nature's a little mad. I mean, with the hurricanes, the, the, the tornadoes, the flooding, the 700 inches of snow and, you know, this kind of thing. So I think, um, yeah, let's talk about that, can we? Yeah, absolutely. Well, basically, if you think about it, anytime you need to alchemize something, and alchemy means like, um, you know, let's say the, the pearl gets formed inside the oyster. What happens is that there is a great deal of pressure and force that alchemizes the conditions through which the pearl is formed. 
right? Or through which the diamond appears inside the coal, right? So think about those processes. That's alchemy. And we're in the midst of an alchemical process for humanity right now, because we need to, we need to up level our consciousness. We need to move out of the limbic brain and the, and the reptilian brain as our primary brains. You know, we're still going to need the reptilian brain to keep us safe and alive and all that. We're still going to need the limbic brain to feel and really like get to know how to use it to fill our emotions. But we need to move into the higher brain. We need to move into the frontal cortex, higher reasoning. And then beyond that is the corpus callosum, you know, which is the seat of God. You know, many, many um, religious traditions have pathways to accessing that higher Buddhic consciousness, the rainbow body. There's lots of words for it. And we're, many people are on the verge of, or are currently experiencing moments and flashes of that um, higher consciousness right now. And so this is available for everyone. And I talk a lot about this in terms of the second wave book that went out in 2019, which is, um, you know, sort of um, in partnership a little bit with the same kinds of messages that Dolores Cannon put out in her books about the second wave, the three waves of volunteers. Um, but basically, this is the time on the planet where um, everything is getting tense and alchemized and like really, really um, pressurized so that we can have an alchemy in human consciousness to a higher level of consciousness, which is going to be called homoluminous or whatever else you want to call it. But my teachers are calling it homoluminous. So with homoluminous, um, it is really the integration of your divine spirit self inside your physical body. So you want to integrate these energies so that you're operating as a divine soul inside of a human vessel, merging the, the uh, masculine energy, right, with the feminine body, the material with the spirit, the heart with the mind, you know, all of this. And this is what the prophecies have been saying across much of the world. And the South American prophecy goes something like in the time of the eagle and the condor, when the eagle and the condor fly in the sky, the rainbow children will return to earth and leave everybody back to peace for a golden age and that's the time we're in right now so the eagle represents the mind and uh you know the spirit and the condor represents the heart you know and in community and connection and so we've had like amazing ingenuity from the eagle mind in Western culture, amazing ingenuity. We have all this technology. It's, we can communicate with each other across the whole planet. We can share information very rapidly. There's so many advancements, you know, um, that the eagle mind has come up with, but the eagle mind um, needs to be guided by the feminine heart, you know, the condor heart in order to make good decisions. And that's about community. And the indigenous people never forgot that the most important thing is all of our relations, um, our community, making decisions seven generations from now. How will this decision impact seven generations from now on the planet? Uh, Western culture can't even pay attention for six seconds. You know, they got TikTok because they need to like, you know, yeah. I don't have TikTok. I don't like it because I need more than six seconds. I, you know, in order for me to really drop into something, I might need an hour, you know, I don't, I don't do anything like really less than an hour. So that is, that is what the consciousness is asking us to shift is to integrate the ego mind and the condor heart and come into balance with heart and mind. That makes, I mean, that's profound actually, when you stop and think about it, I, I do believe that unfortunately society has turned in such a way that we've lost humanity. We've lost com compassion. We've lost empathy in a lot of areas. And, the 
the ability to operate as a a society the way we should, like a community you had just mentioned. And um, I I do, you know, COVID was kind of a double-edged sword, in my opinion. It 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 allowed us to, everybody thought, you know, well, we just took us out of the norm. We took us out of the norm. I, you know, I was working just fine. I was doing this, we are doing that. I was going to work eight hours a day and I was driving an hour to work, an hour behind, you know, from work and came home, ate dinner, watched a little TV, go to bed and get up and do it all over again. That was normal. That's normal, 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 normal. But then it turned around and forced certain situations like my wife works from home for two years. It changed the perspective on a work-life balance. It allowed us in the mornings to go out and do what I just told you earlier, sit on the patio with a cup of tea, close your eyes, connect with the universe before she went to work. Then she had a 30-second commute to the office. You know, it, Yeah, it, that's awesome. That did that for a lot of people, and that's perfect. Yes. And, yes. you know, it also helped Mother Nature take a breath. Exactly. You know? It did. Because, because she could finally breathe and the animals could come out, right? Like, yep. there was pictures of panthers and stuff coming out going like, okay, there's no humans. Great. It's safe. No you humans know? and no pollution. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Here, here, you know, I live in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and there was a brown cloud over here constantly. And with all those people not going to work, you know, we had clear blue skies. It was great. So, I, and who's to say that that is more normal? To me, and my wife and my kids who got to experience all of that, that was more normal than going back to work and trudging away for eight to 10 hours a day, driving in horrific traffic where everybody's road raging and yelling and screaming and hollering and stop and go and stop and go and stop and go and driving through pollution. You know, unfortunately, now they're going back to that. What they think is, let's get back to normal, get back to normal. That's upside down world. And that's, that's what I was talking down. about. That's upside down. I mean, <clears throat> what's right side up is what we experienced and being able to stay home and have that the nice clean environment and less noise from all the cars and all the all the airplanes flying overhead. Like we had like way less noise. We had yeah. more peace and quiet. That's actually more normal, you know. I mean, humans are really loud and noisy, you know. That's <laughs> really <a fact>. loud. <laughs> Inside their brains and outside. Oh, well, yeah. So. It, and, and, and a nice work, work, home life balance is what we need. I mean, my wife got to have breakfast every morning. I mean, look, as a cop, my wife and I have been married. We, we're together 34 years this year. We're gonna, our 34th wedding anniversary is, is the end of this year. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's been a journey. It's like any, like anywhere, you know, it, it's, I'm very grateful with everything that we've gone through, everything that I say we, because they went through when I got injured, they went through when I was in a wheelchair. My daughter pushed me around in a wheelchair and my wife had to carry me to the toilet. So, you know, it changes your perspective on things. I am grateful for my wife and my kids and my sister and my brother-in-law and, and those around me, my colleagues. I'm very grateful for how they, they, pulled me through because I was in a dark place for a while based upon that. I had things yanked out from underneath me. I lost my ability to be a father that I, who I thought I could be, that I needed to be because of the circumstance that it was in. There were so many things that, you know, they got reevaluated. Well, during that time, it also gave us time to reflect on, I worked constantly myself. I was a sergeant. I had a team of individuals. I was on call constantly. 
I, you know, I got called out of the kids' plays. I got called out of the kids' dances. I got, you know what I mean? It called out of dinner. We're in the middle of a movie. Pager goes off. It, yeah. it, it changes you. So when you, we got this opportunity, it was so nice to be able to have breakfast every morning, to stop and eat lunch together. And then dinner was really quick and easy because there wasn't an hour and a half wait and having to worry about whether or not she was in one of the bazillion accidents that happen every day around here. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we all need to, to connect like that to allow us the opportunity. Luckily, we've been able to continue that to a certain extent because they've given our hybrid schedule. Understanding that the work-life balance is better for everybody involved, gave more productivity at work, it gave better home-life environment, and, and it was a nice balance. They gave everybody, it made everything better all the way around. All the way around. Yeah, it makes everything better. We need to think about going back to that and stop this crazy, you know, rush hour traffic stuff and all the pollution. I agree with that. And the that. stress. So much so, stress. So the rising of the sixth ton that was prophesized, do you see us, is there something that, that we can do to better understand that and what we can do to contribute to 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 helping us? I, I, don't, I, don't, know if it, I don't know if fixing is the right word. Um help us contribute to helping that evolve into a more positive environment? Absolutely. I mean, that's why I put the book out is inner medicine is about becoming one with mother earth, becoming connected, so connected with mother earth that you can hear her guidance, that you feel her guidance and that not only that, but your divine gifts, your purpose, as you keep talking about your purpose, your brilliance gets unlocked through the process of inner medicine. And then you know what gift you're here to bring. So I'm a messenger. I know what my gift is. I'm here to come and talk to people. And when I'm doing my gift, everyone appreciates it. I do a really good job with that. I'm also a healer. When I do my gift, everyone appreciates it. And I feel appreciated and they feel appreciated and everybody's happy. And so everybody has a natural alignment like that. And through inner medicine work, you, you, um, you peel back the layers of all the false things that you've been doing because you thought you had to do it that way. And you start discovering your unique path to your greatest joy and to sharing your gifts in the world and your brilliance. And we need your brilliance because, you know, you might be the one that figures out the solution for how to clean up the oceans. You might be the one that figures out the solution, simple stuff, you know, that everyday stuff. How could we, you know, how can I have candles on my altar um, without like using so many little tin things, you know, things like that. There could be a whole lot of things that different people revolutionize just from their brilliance to help solve problems that um, make a huge difference in the world one little tiny bit at a time. And if we're all doing that, of course, we're going to we're going to clean up the planet. We're going to be in better relationship with her and we're going to um, have more balance, as you said, more and in the Andes Mountains, they call it Aini, A-Y-N-I. When we're in Aini, right relationship with Mother Earth, things always go better. They go harmonically. And we want to be back in harmonic living rather than um, discord living. We've been, we're in discord living right now. We need to be in harmonic living. And when we go back to that, things work out better. So yeah, by following the path and whether you follow inner medicine path through me or some other person to get connected back to Mother Earth or to your 
your divine blueprint is another way to talk about it. Your divine blueprint. Astrology is a great aid for that. I love the gene keys. I use the gene keys with my students in my programs. Uh, G-E-N-E-K-E-Y-S. Human design is another great way to discover it. Numerology is another great way. I have interviewed all kinds of people on my podcast with those different methods. When you understand yourself and who you really are underneath as a divine blueprint, your brilliance unlocks. And then when you actually follow that, you create solutions and they might seem small, but if we're all doing that, it's going to make a big difference. So yeah, I think finding out who you are, discovering who you really are underneath all that conditioning is the most important thing any of us can do because little tiny things make a big difference, but the most big difference is having your, your divine self forward on the planet rather than in the back seat. Is that, is that what you call a luminous warrior? The luminous warrior is a construct I learned from my teacher, Alberto Vialdo, and I love this medicine, this idea um, as an archetypal energy to tap into the luminous warrior in those moments when we we don't feel so luminous, you know, like we get upset because somebody is being aggressive towards us or we get into a, a fight or things didn't go the way we wanted and then we're not very being very luminous in that moment. We're being a little bit, you know, human. Uh, which is fine, you know, human, humanity experience is wonderful, but we might want to elevate that a little bit, right? So the luminous warrior um, archetype is one that has no enemies in this world or the next. And I love this. It's like, how do you have no enemies in this world or the next? And it's not by subjugating yourself or suppressing mm -hmm. yourself, right? It's by really honoring all sides of a debate, all sides of an issue, all sides of a scenario, and how we do that is through non-engagement. Um, not we're not we don't need to be right anymore. We we give up the need to be right. Um, we do that through detachment. So we don't allow ourselves to um, get hooked into a situation or the drama of a situation. We feel our feelings. If we have feelings, we feel those feelings fully and honor the expression of those feelings. And then. We listen for the wisdom inside those feelings um, that Mother Earth is giving us, and we get quiet, right? So we get really still and quiet and listen. And when we do all that, we can see the beauty of the situation. And when we see the beauty of it, the divine design, it gets a lot easier to accept it. And then we don't create so much conflict. And, um, you know, I used to be the queen of drama, you know, so I've learned from the Luminous Warrior how to, how to create peace through diplomacy. And, and, you know, and my relationships a, are much better. It's a learning process. And, it and is. There's a lot of us that need to learn that because sometimes we fall back into old habits. And, uh, you know, we're, again, we're only human. So sometimes it's a, we'll slip and go back to that little arena. But as long as we recognize it and, and understand how to move past that, move forward, um, you know, that's, a pretty, I think, a positive thing. How can we as an individual understand... <clears throat> Pardon me. How can we as an individual understand how to, um, to, to listen to Mother Earth, like to recognize the signs that Mother Earth is talking to us? This is called embodiment. So what happens in the process of us feeling our feelings is that we start to embody. We get embodied. That means that rather than our energy that keeps us alive being only from the throat up you know which is most people 
we're just using our minds and that's we're not paying attention to anything else when we actually pay attention to our whole body and we really realize that the body's talking to us all the time and that mother earth is the body like your body is your piece of mother earth that you get to garden and tend so she talks to you through your body so when you feel a pain in a part of your body or your throat gets tight or your heart hurts or something like that that is a wake-up call to tune in and listen inside to see what is that about and track it inside i like i say track it i like to work with jaguar jaguar is a master hunter and when you work with that kind of energy it tracks in the dark it can find what's going on inside of you that's causing you to feel that way and it might be something's coming up for healing you might have an encounter with someone that stirs up a really old wound from like childhood and you're overreacting and you're to this current moment because this really old wound just got stirred up and so that's the time to go oh whoops i'm overreacting okay let me go inside something's up with me going inside and really looking at it and feeling it and listening inside that's a practice and the more you practice that, the better you get at dropping right back into that state at a moment's notice. Um, and the more you do that, the more you're embodied. And when you're embodied, you're listening because Mother Earth's always talking to us through our bodies. I mean, all these messages happen through the body. You know, upset stomach, that's Mother Earth talking to you. There's something you're doing or not doing or you're, you're somebody's crossed your boundaries and you're too afraid to stand up. And so your stomach's all twisted in knots, things like that. You know, it's super basic, but when you start to realize that that is actually Mother Earth telling you that, you go, oh, okay, that's a message for me. I can do something different here. Some part of me is really scared. What part of me is scared? Oh, how old am I? Oh, I'm three. Oh, why am I scared? Because that feeling that person just gave me is almost really similar to the feeling I, I had when I was three and I saw my stepfather beating my mom. Uh oh, okay, I need to go into my three year old and, and hang out with my three year old and let her know it's going to be okay. You know, and then when I do that, everything relaxes. My stomach feels better again. My throat feels better again. I can breathe. And now when I look at the situation I'm currently in, it looks really different because now I'm an adult again. I'm not a three year old. And we got a lot of three year olds and adult bodies out there reacting to stuff. And um, we had one as a president, but anyway. So <laughs> I agree with that 100%. <laughs> yes, 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 I do. <laughs> you can see it now, you know, it's like when when you realize that you can see. And so it's not to make fun of anybody, but it's just like, it's so obvious. It's like, oh, that person. And it's actually kind of sad, you know, that has such a must have had a really hard time growing up, right, to not feel the yeah. love and support. And when we have wounds like that in childhood, they come out. And when we're adults, you know, that little one takes the reins and is like, got the mic, you know, like, hey, <laughs> I'm not happy. Stomp, 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 you know, but that's not you as the adult. That's your mm -hmm. three-year-old, you know, so you got to mind that um, inner garden. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny because that's, yes, that has been on my mind a lot. And that analogy just fits. <laughs> There you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, only the part that we talked about with a somebody else that just acts like that. The fact that we have to deal with our three-year-old inner selves within ourselves, that's definitely not funny because I think we've all been there at some point in our life because we do, unfortunately, and my wife and I had, and I wish I could remember the name of this, I'm racking my brain for the name of it. There was a Hawaiian thing um, that we started learning 
that allowed us to get in touch with our inner child and kind of work through that. And I wish I could remember what he called it. Uh, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. I'll have to email you with it when I go back and look at it. But it, it's a Hawaiian process uh, for the same thing. And it basically taught us to go back to those inner children and work through and understand why certain things affected us then that trigger us now. It was an yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's called shadow work. So when you do shadow work, that's what that means. It means you notice something going on in your behavior that's out of alignment with the yeah. circumstance, like you're overreacting or it's the reaction is bigger than like maybe you think it should be. And you have that feeling in your body. It's like, where does this come from? Am I just upset for this, what this person just did or said? Or is there a deeper reason? Yeah. And when you go deep, I'm a deep diver, you know? So when I go deep in my subconscious, I like to go there because when I find those things and I heal them, I make like exponential progress in my life. Like, it's just like a lightning rod. It's like, whoa, you know, I mean, it's like putting gas on it, you know, and it, it really goes. So your life can improve a lot just by slowing down enough to go inside and reconcile some of those things that keep yeah. happening. I agree with that. That's, it is an amazing opportunity for your body to take a, a retrospect within itself and then to bring that forward with you in order, like you said, heal something so that you can get rid of that. It takes the lines out of here is what it does. So these lines disappear and these lines just they do they make you younger constantly. that's why i look so dang young that's why you look young <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> you talk about sharing some potent ancient traditions from the andes and the himalayas i know we've talked about some of them but the ones for owning your wisdom and living your purpose is there anything in particular that we can do uh that we don't have to necessarily because we all don't have the opportunity sometimes or the means to be able to to, to be able to go to the andes or the himalayas is there something that we can do as, as an individual um, to help us uh, connect with that and to understand that? Is there something that that is simple enough for us to kind of start opening that door a little bit? And then that would intrigue us to move forward and, and seek out, you know, more help from somebody like you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, one of the things that you can do is... Um, and there's a couple of things here. One thing is to increase your connection with Mother Earth is going to increase your access to your purpose um, because she's going to guide you. So one thing you can do on a regular basis is do a ceremony um, where you honor Mother Earth. And you can do any kind of ceremony you want. It could be as simple as getting a rose and blowing all your prayers for Mother Earth into it and then just sprinkling the rose petals on the ground someplace and just saying thank you. It's very simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, just saying thank you and asking for support to put you on the path, the right path for you, your highest destiny path. That's a really simple way. And then if you want to go deeper um, into understanding some of the Himalayan medicine, um, that uh, the gene keys actually that I mentioned is based in the I Ching and your astrology. And it's a genius system. It's like uh, gives you a one page um, printout with a map of your consciousness on it. So for example, like my Gene Keys chart shows me that in my purpose, my my shadow that I contend with in my purpose is judgment. So, and in my radiance, it's 
opinion. And you can see how judgment and opinion feed off each other, right? And then they cause stress, which is my life's work. And, and then if things don't go my way, I get disappointed and that's my evolution. That's I'm evolving into learning how to, how to transcend disappointment. So those are all the shadow frequencies. But when I look at judgment, really the gift of judgment is integrity. Because when I see something, um, when I'm noticing my judgment is noticing something could be improved, what it's trying to do is create more integrity and for the thing, whatever the thing is I'm looking at. And maybe it's society, maybe it's my own life or my family or a relationship. I'm seeing that there's an opportunity for more integrity and that would perfect things even more. And I'm, I'm here to perfect things as much as I can, knowing that, of course, it's already perfect. But, you know, we can always have room for improvement. So that key right there, all of that comes, that wisdom comes from the I Ching. And Richard Rudd has done a beautiful job of distilling it and adding his own um, channeled insights. Um, and there's like little tiny contemplation audios. That's a very inexpensive way to get started understanding yourself um, is to go to the Gene Keys and do that and listen to the audios for the keys that are in your chart. It's super easy. It's all laid out for you. And, you know, and then a lot of some people do find a little obscurity in it. Like they have some egoic blocks to understanding their chart. And that's when you reach out to somebody like me, or there's a bunch of Gene Keys guides in the community that you can reach out to as well. That's amazing. Well, I mean, again, I, I know I keep saying opportunity with, within this whole conversation, but in reality, opportunity is the first step for us. And then making a choice with that opportunity to move forward and to change our lives in a very positive direction. And I think, um, yeah, that, what a great way to start doing that so that we can start recognizing the fact that we there are, let me try that again, that there is more potential for our own selves to grow and understanding our growth from that and how we can contribute back to society in a very positive way. So I appreciate yeah, that. It improves your, well, when you have the map, doesn't it get easier to get where you're going? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like having a well, GPS. <laughs> exactly. That's why I like to give people a map. It's like, here's your personal map. <laughs> and they uh, yeah. go, I hate this map. And I go, I know it's frustrating. <laughs> and then we work yeah. through it. Um, anyway, look, I, I wish I could talk to you for a whole another hour. You're going to have to come back on the show. There's so much more we could really share and discuss. Um, but I, 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 I want to be able to talk about everything that you've got, including, you know, you have five books, you have a podcast and you've got some courses and some things that can help people. Can, can we, um, share with everybody a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. So my first book was Awakening to Me, and that was a very vulnerable, transparent story of my diagnosis. I had been mentally crazy diagnosed and all that, and working my way out of that and into the first year or so of my shamanic training with the light body school I was saying, uh, talking about. And so that's a very, that's a very tender one for me. And then from we to me, I was um, talking about my transition out of a 20-year relationship and into dating again, because dating after a long marriage is really interesting and scary. <laughs> and so, Unique. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I put a lot of those things in that book and people found it helpful. And then in 2019, I was um, in my meditations, I heard this um, prompting and the way I don't hear like voices, but I hear like just a sense, like a message comes in and I just know what it means. And I heard this message that said, um, you're going to write a new book. And I was like, I am. <laughs> what am I writing about? And it said the second wave. And I said, 
what's that? You know? And they, you know, so the voice was like, well, you, you know, Dolores Cannon, you've already seen it. So I went and looked it up and I was like, oh, I remember this. And then I put it aside and I basically channeled that book um, from start to finish, used some of my, it used my life experiences, but it was really a higher order transmission, that book. And um, that one's done really well in the charts. Um, Love is Fierce is a story of me healing the relationship with my mom after my dad passed away and also healing my relationships with my sons and being the kind of mom that sons need to be empowered, you know, to live their life in a strong way. And there's a lot of moms in that position right now where we were divorced and then we're a single parent with sons. And that's a very tricky situation to be in when the son doesn't have his father's attention. Um, one of my sons did and the other one didn't. So it was really tricky. So there was a lot of stuff I explored in that book called Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. And uh, that book, the work I did in that book, the spiritual work I did, um, helped me reconnect with my mom. So my mom and I have a really good relationship right now. That we've never had this kind of relationship before. It's really beautiful. So if anybody wants that kind of relationship with their mom or their sons, that's a good book for that. And then the latest book is Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity. And when that title came through, I went, that's kind of like, dun, 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 you know, like, <laughs> It seems really extreme, <laughs> but I think that we are kind of in an extreme situation, right? Not kind of, we are, we you are. know, in an extreme situation and not to put fear in people. Cause I don't ever, I don't believe that, um, divine source would put us in a position with so much help and so much divine assistance and so much, so many light workers on the planet and so many messengers, if we weren't meant to survive this. So, um, and you know, everything's a choice, you know, so if we don't take it seriously and actually do the work to wake up, then we, we might go extinct, you know? So, you know, that's, um, I just encourage everybody to, to whatever way feels right to you, do the work, you know, do your self mastery work, reconnect with the planet and wake up, <laughs> wake up everybody. Is This is your rooster calling, you know, like wake up, <laughs> wake up, wake up and connecting. Yeah. With, speaking about connecting with you, where can they find you? My website is kerryhummingbird.com. That's K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And if you want the first chapter of Inner Medicine um, for free, you can get it at kerryhummingbird.com forward slash inner medicine, all one word. And you'll get that. Plus, you'll get added to my list for events and things like that. And you have a podcast. I do. Soul Nectar Show. Yeah, Soul Nectar Show. And I, much like this um, podcast that you have here, I like to interview people about their stories, um, how they woke up, how they found their purpose, um, you know, the challenges they overcame and the resiliency, the wisdom that they earned through their life's experiences. And I like to have conversations that are what some people would say very woo-woo. But I love having those conversations because I feel like we're tapping into divine wisdom, like the library of divine wisdom, and we're sharing wisdom together on the show. And it's, I always get high, you know, from those experiences just by having the conversation and the transmission of energy. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I think these conversations enlighten me each and every time I have one. I always learn something new. I resonate with those that I do have things in common with, and it allows me to reconnect with with the right kind of energy. It, it really is beneficial. Mm -hmm. That's why I loved this conversation. Yeah, Lee, me too. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate the connection. And uh, I, um, what an amazing journey that you've got and what you share with people. I commend you for that. Absolutely. You're going to 
please, you're going to have to come back on the show again. we got so much more that we can talk about. I would love that, Michael. It'd be great. Thank you for having me on the show and, and just blessings to everybody listening. Absolutely. Um, I, I wish we could talk for another hour, but we'll save that for another time. <laughs> this is one more thing before you go. Do you have any words of wisdom before we go? Be kind and gentle to yourself. Be kind and gentle to yourself, and that'll help you be kind and gentle with other people. Brilliant words of wisdom. I think we should all follow. We should all follow. Carrie, thank you again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. For everybody out there that's listening and watching, please make sure you subscribe and follow. And uh, for one more thing before you go from my perspective, have a great day, have a great week, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.